I was sitting on this bus and this guy was sitting next to me, saw that my phone case got had Van Gogh on it, mm -hmm. and he was like, you're sitting next to a modern Vincent Van Gogh. And then he gave me my business card and his name is Vincent, but he like, oh. he was like, I do paintings based on the Wizard of Oz. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, okay. No, sir. And then he gave me his no, business card and he was sir. like, check me, and he was like, check it. And I was like listening to my earbuds and he like tapped me and was like, here's no, my no, card. No. No, and I was no, like, no. sure, cool, I'll look into it. I'm Ashley Cunningham. And I'm Susanna Wilson. And you're in The, the Wet Seat. Each episode, we bring you taboo sex topics through the lens of storytelling. We ask people to bring in their most embarrassing or their most thought-provoking sex stories, and then we work them out on this podcast for our own education and your entertainment. Or we don't work them out. You know, not everything can or be we don't. out sometimes. <laughs> No, we were really excited about this particular episode, um, not only because it was also the last episode that Susanna and I recorded In together. <laughs> because we are now a bi-coastal podcast, babies. Ashley moved to LA. Henceforth, everything will be recorded across these United States. This week, we have a really, really awesome episode to bring you. Um, our guest is the wonderful Charlotte Morrill, and she's here to talk to us about something that is really important and I think not a lot of people know a lot about. This also affects up to 16% of vagina owners in the United States at any time in their lives. So listen up. Yes, it's called vulvodynia. Here she is. First... Yeah. Who the hell are you? What's your name? <laughs> oh, right. How do we know this thing? Oh, God. Hi. You don't have to say that. <laughs> um, great. I'm Charlotte Morrill. Uh, Susanna and I know each other through... <laughs> oh, oh, God. Years of theater. <laughs> uh, let's, like, art shenanigans. Yeah. Um, Just to clarify, did Susanna yeah. ask you to come on the podcast, or did you want to come um, on the podcast? I approached she Susanna me. about coming on the podcast, because I was like, hey... Guess who's your friend and has a fucked up vagina? <laughs> this gal. And Susanna was like, hey, sounds good. And so then really, I was, I was like, like, dope. Yeah. With a lot of exclamation points. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't have a problem talking about my pussy on the internet. And Word. so now I'm here. Here I am. I vaguely, I, Susanna's told me actually like basically nil cool. about what you wanted I to talk it. about. So I actually would love you to introduce sure. why you were inspired to come on this Sure. Podcast. So uh, let's see. Uh, basically the gist of it, and we can get into like details yeah. later, whatever. Um, the gist of it is that there's a whole kind of section of, uh, similar to like endometriosis mm -hmm. or PCOS or those kind of, you want to spell this um, out for people who don't know? Uh, I don't actually know. The thing is, I don't really know that much about mm -hmm. endometriosis or PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, because I only know that it's like a similar thing, but yeah. I haven't much because I don't have either of them. Are those just really like grouped under it. vaginal dysfunction? Well, it's or not even vaginal. vaginal it's like, like, like stuff like disorders that are related to a woman's like reproductive, sexual reproductive health. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, so I have vulvodynia, which is a vulvar um, pain disorder. And so basically what it is, how it was described to me is that like the nerves in my vulva are like on fire for no reason whatsoever. Um, a lot of the time, historically, people have thought that it comes from like sexual assault victims who mm -hmm. like have a psychosomatic like sure. PTSD mm -hmm. kind of reaction to it. But it can also happen to people like I don't have a history of sexual assault, fortunately, and it just kind of happened to me. So it 
really kind of just depends on the person. And yeah. it's like, sometimes it's more physically based and sometimes, to my understanding, it's more psychosomatically based. But it generally um, means that like, if I have sex with a person with a penis, um, it's just like, like my vagina feels like it's much shallower Mm -hmm. than a normal person's vagina and it feels like the penis is like a metal rod just like trying to get in whoa which is really like not enjoyable Mm -hmm. um no that sounds like really painful Um, and horrific so it's like a subsection there's like a couple of different like subsections of it but basically I was reading an article that I'll like link you guys to or something the other day that was this person it was actually written by a dude interestingly enough who was studying like different doctors who have studied Mm -hmm. this and done treatment for this and he was saying that actually more people have like vulvar disorders than endometriosis what's interesting is especially as like a and like maybe you can talk more about this Mm -hmm. about the process of like first experiencing it and like research because i just know on the whole uh, society is unwilling to pay for research yeah. into yeah. these issues because they don't see it as it's, there's a stigma associated with it. Uh, so I would be yeah. curious about how much there is um, out there about what, what the so hell. So can I, yeah. sorry, can no, I ask on. like a, I'm going to push no. this in a certain no, that's direction. Fine. I want to know like when you're, I mean, I guess this has to do with like when you first became sexually active, but sure. then like what your experiences around that were and when, at, at what point did you decide, like, I think what I'm experiencing yeah. is not like what my peers are experiencing and I'm going to talk to a medical professional about this. Yeah. Because I would be so intimidated to do that. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. How have I never told you this story? I think maybe you have, but I don't, we were probably drunk. It involved, my first sexual experience was my uh, sophomore year of, right? Yeah, my sophomore year of college. College boyfriend? Okay. Sophomore year of college boyfriend. uh, A fine dude. Like, and it it was fortunately at the time I thought for me or for what I needed, both of our first real sexual relationships. Yeah. um, Which was great for me because I was like, cool, we're both trying this out. Actually, fun fact this is how Charlotte and I met. Oh, this is how we met. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, so this guy and I, um, had, you know, been seeing each other for, like, several months at this time. Mm-hmm. And, and I was us, in a show with this dude and was like, she was in a show dude with this dude. was very cute. Mm-hmm. Susanna was into this dude, found out we were dating. Oh, not into it in, like, a serious no, 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 way. No. Just, like, in a, like, yeah, no, 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 yeah. kind of way. Uh, amazing. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so anyway, he, this guy and I became sexually active, as you do in college, <laughs> and, uh, like it was, and the, like my first time was totally chill. Mm-hmm. It was like painful, but I was like, I've been expecting it to be painful right, because right. when mm-hmm. you're, you know, when you're talking to like your peers or to yeah. your, you know, whoever, like That's you know, confusing. you know okay, that go. like your yeah. first time is gonna be like it's gonna hurt. You might bleed, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like didn't bleed at all, but it was like painful, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then you know it became like the fifth and sixth and seventh time we had sex, it was, like, still Mm -hmm. painful. And I was like, oh, what's happening? And I was like, I had been asking my roommate at the time, um, because she and I had lived together at this point for, like, two and a half years, and we were really close, and I was like, hey, like, I know that you're already sexually active. Um, Like, I am just, like, super in pain, and we've been having sex now for, like, a few months. Like, is this, like should I be nervous? Like, what's the deal? And she was like, oh yeah, that sounds like, 
I, I mean, you might want to go see someone. Have you ever had a problem with like your periods or whatever? And I was like, no, everything's been fine. So I ended up going to health and wellness at, uh, at the college. And obviously they were like, well, you probably are just pregnant or have an STD. <sighs> and I was like, Love it. And I was like, no, I don't have an STD because the guy that I'm with was a virgin. Why would virgin. sex equal pregnancy? I don't, I Go don't, on. All I right. just don't have. And so she was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, we always use protection. Like he, both of us are our first partners. Like, I don't really know how, th- I yeah. definitely don't have an STD. And she like had me pee in a cup, had me do the whole thing. And, um, it's oh, so frustrating when they keep making and I was just like, and you're like, goddamn sure. I know. <laughs> I, was so, I was like, I know that I'm not pregnant. Please. I just, I know it. Um, oh, and eventually, so I had like gone in a couple of times and she was like, okay, well I'll just like, I'll do like a pelvic exam or like a vaginal yeah. exam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she like barely touched me with like a Q-tip and I was like, <laughs> And, like, mm. couldn't handle it. And she was like, oh, uh, uh, okay, let me find, like, the smallest speculum that we own on this <laughs> And I was like, oh, sure, a really small speculum. That'll be fine. And it was, like, maybe the size of, like, my thumb. And it was still, like, so painful. Because at that point, I was, like, expecting it to be really painful, right? right? Yeah. Even if it wasn't that bad, like, my body was still like, oh, God, <laughs> like, right. something's going in there. Um, and she was like, you want to talk to your gynecologist at home? Um, and so I went home and I saw my gyno and she was like, you have, she was like, well, I think that you have, um, vaginismus, Mm -hmm. which is a different disorder in the same family, but it's where your, uh, like the, your vaginal canal, I guess, Mm -hmm. like clenches shut. Yeah. Like it just does not allow, like nothing's getting in that bear trap. Like it's just fucking closed. Um, yeah, when you read about this kind yeah. of yeah. situation online, it's usually yeah. vaginismus. Vaginismus is a lot right, more right. common to my understanding. Yeah. What I was told is that vulvodynia, what I have um, that's mostly exterior, like it's mostly just the vulva as opposed to like inside the vagina, yeah. um, is like can turn into vaginismus if it goes mm-hmm. untreated and you don't and you're not okay. aware of it. Like because it can presumably psychosomatically, like you're right. just more and more tense. Because yeah. it really is like a muscle tenseness thing. Um, so I went to my home gyno. She said I had vulvodynia. Uh, she had said I had vaginismus, rather. Um, she referred me to a specialist at hospital, actually, because mm-hmm. she knew I was going to school here, who apparently is like one of the vulvar specialists. <laughs> Perfect. So I was like, great, this vulvar woman is going to fix <laughs> my woman. vagina. And uh, so I went in with her, and she was like, well, your gynecologist was kind of right. Um, you actually have which is like a nerve pain disorder for your vulva. Um, she, and like initially the treatments that she offered, she was like, well, um, a lot of the time we put people on some form of anti-anxiety or antidepressant just in case, because we know that it can be related right. if you start to have right. a lot of emotional distress. Um, sometimes anti-anxieties can help physically with that. Mm-hmm. Um, for a little bit, I was on a topical gabapentin, which is a anti-seizure medication because it Whoa. blocks the nerve signals in specific if it's topical in specific parts of your body, um, which was like a little tub and was super fucking expensive and didn't seem to be working. And so I stopped using that. Were you using it while being sexually active? No. So actually that guy and I broke up before I was diagnosed, oh. it, which was very upsetting to me right. <laughs> for yeah. multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, but I was basically like, I feel like a failure. My vagina doesn't work. I'm broken. You don't want to have sex with like <sighs> worst, um, which like, wasn't really the case, but it was just like, obviously I had all these projected yeah. emotions and whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so then I like, we broke up and I 
started therapy and started getting this diagnosis and basically uh this vulvar queen in uh <laughs> hospital was like we're gonna start you on this gabapentin uh we would recommend you see some kind of sex therapist um uh you can also do physical therapy and i was like physical therapy for my vagina <laughs> Sounds great. And she was like, well, it works like normal physical therapy. And I was like, how does it work, work like, like normal? <laughs> it's not like my knee. Like, it's not like she's just going to stare at me while I do Kegels or something. Like, I was like, I don't really know what this is. Amazing. And so I ended up going to a mm. physical therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist in who essentially for people with vaginas listening in, uh, it literally was like she was doing a pelvic exam, but triggering specific parts inside mm. my vulva like oh in the same God. way that you would use like normal physical therapy like you would push like if you right. have a knee problem or whatever you would trigger parts that are really painful to try and train those muscles back into the way that they're supposed to work whereas yeah. it was the same deal with my vagina right. right she was like okay so like this area is really tense this area is really tense we're just gonna like push. do some little yeah. nice little fingering and so i would just lay there for like an hour once a week <laughs> and she would like be like okay let's take a look Ashley's look-see. giving a very skeptical look that looks like Charlotte were you involved in some sort of <laughs> yeah. no this was literally at a hospital in no I believe you Brighton. I'm just like hmm. no it's like never, like I had never known that this was a thing and again this is like one of those things that they don't tell you when you're like a right, woman going through puberty of they're course. not like of course not they're not yeah, like yeah, here's yeah. what you do if you have problems with your vagina like no one tells you they're just like oh it might hurt the first time you have sex oh you're a woman like grin and bear it as opposed yeah. to me being like it's really hurting and I've had sex like 20 something times and I'm yeah. not happy. Like yeah. someone should help me. Um, but I went to this physical therapist, Bridget, shout mm-hmm. out Bridget. Uh, she was great. <laughs> she was super pregnant actually when oh I, so she was a little bit pregnant when I started seeing her. And by the time I stopped seeing her <laughs> right before my last appointment, she went into labor, oh, <laughs> oh my God. which was ironic to me. Cause I was like, you're helping me be able to have sex and you're about to push a watermelon out of your <laughs> Um, I can't even take a dick, man. What are you doing? Uh, And so I was seeing her for a bit and she was basically what was actually really cool that is like still boggles my mind to think about. One of the things that she had, she had this like device that was hooked up to a computer and it was literally like a metal plastic tampon thing that measured the muscle frequency, like, like the the level of muscle activity in your vulva. And so she would literally put this thing into my vagina and show me on like a scale, like how much the muscles. That's awesome. It was so cool. (laughs) I mean, like in my mind, I was like sitting there feeling like a robot with like this metal thing between my legs. And I was just like, oh God, like, who am I? Am I dying? And instead it was, she was like, okay, so like normal people, like normal women are on like between a one and three, usually between a one and a two on this, you're at like a five. And I was like, oh, "Oh, cool. There's a way to actually, but it was also kind of validating because I was like, there's a way to measure this that's not just like, oh, you're just in pain and we're going to guess and you don't know what's happening. Like try having sex. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, so it was nice that there was a uh, like more real, quote unquote, real way for me to like visualize what was happening um and then basically I would go to her once a week and it did start to see improvement like by the time I stopped seeing her I was down to like a four between a three and a four Mm -hmm. which obviously like I was not sexually active at the time and and I stopped seeing her because I was still not sexually active and I was like 
I don't know how much good there is in me continuing this therapy consistently if I'm not, like, Mm -hmm. if I don't have a partner or I'm not seeking a penis in any variety. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing that she had me do was buy a set of, like, silicone dilators that are basically just, like, dildos that range from, like, the size of, like, a large finger to, like, the size of a hefty cock. (laughs) So... (laughs) She was, so basically the idea was like similar to physical therapy. She was like, yeah, you put the smallest one in, you can fit, you leave it for 10 minutes, you try to do the next one, however long you can, and then eventually you work your way up to being, to like, to the, to to the hefty, to the hefty cock. To retrain your the like, then, like your muscles, girl, you are gonna be able to take the biggest. Yeah, she, yeah. She's like, if you can fit a water bottle in, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, please. Uh, but no, it was like the similar to normal physical therapy yeah. where you were like, yeah. okay, you want to train, you want to retrain your muscles to get into the habit of right. like this being a normal Working thing, in a, yeah, right, in a different way. Which, uh, like, Lord knows, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why? <laughs> Like, because no one ever is like, hey, if right. you have a problem with your vagina. Go to physical like, therapy. Wh- like, yeah. who, like, you don't think of your vagina necessarily in itself as, like, a functioning muscle, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. unless unless you have some reason to. Well, especially the painful aspect. I mean, not to throw it back to, I talked about the Prague Museum in another episode. It's true, the Sex did. Museum in Prague. But they had these old um, uh, things that people would wear when they were supposed to have sex but they didn't want your skin touching so they were essentially like cloaks <gasps> that you wore oh with like god. a hole where the dick was oh and, my like, god a, like, a slit where the vagina oh was my god. but on the inside of the the woman's uh gown it said god wishes it <gasps> in like latin being just being like there is Dang like the something blah, blah, uh, like blah. centuries old culture of like your painful experience is not valid to the situation that's happening. Oh right you are just a vehicle for yeah which is a lot of language used to talk about vaginas <laughs> yeah. even if like we accidentally don't mean it that way it's yeah. like perpetuated in a lot of different ways but uh yeah, handmaid's tale man yeah <laughs> <laughs> but also no one i mean it's so interesting i think this episode honestly will be like a real shocker for a lot of people because I don't think a Who lot the fuck of people knows that this is a thing. Exactly. I don't think a lot of people think about their genitals like I and you know people with any kind of genitals like I don't think the average person thinks about their genitals like functioning or not functioning unless it's outside of unless it's within like a a, a like performance Sure, sure. Framework, you know? Right, it's like, not we like, all know about oh, Viagra because... Right. So that's, actually, that's the thing. In this article that I'll link you to, they talk about how, like, the ridiculous divide between, like, and I don't even want to give a statistic because I don't remember it, but, sure, like, yeah. it is, like, subst- like the amount of funding oh, yeah. that goes behind Enormous Viagra. Enormous funding. And then there's this whole thing about... Uh, like endometriosis and and vulvodynia and vaginismus mm-hmm. and like female sexual reproductive disorders yep. have to fight for funding with like childhood illness in a lot of cases yeah. and so it's like if you're talking about whether you want a woman to be able to have sex or like a child to not be sick yeah, yeah. like and then regardless like Viagra gets like millions of dollars and, all this. and it, it was just why. like all those bitches right. in and, Congress fucking can't get it up. <laughs> so they're just voting it straight through. But right, but it's like if you don't think about the fact that like if you're seeing erectile 
dysfunction exists and is something that, like, men have been dealing with for years and years and years. And people don't think about the fact that, like, vagina dysfunctions exist, but you don't realize that that's something that can be treated or you don't feel comfortable coming forward or whatever. I would also argue that, like, that's something that gets tied in with, like, for instance, we talk, you know, I've talked about this with so many different people. Like, the, everyone has to get over this, or, like, a lot of people I've talked Mm -hmm. to have to get over this hump of, like, I can't use lube because if I use lube, that mm. means my vagina is broken right. and like doesn't, you know, it doesn't wet, like it's not wet enough. So therefore like there's something wrong with me and like mm-hmm. using lube is like a pride, like a hit to my pride and yeah. like vagina pride and like how worthy I am, which all ties back to, you know, your worth is a vagina right. and like whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, there's nothing. Yeah. We don't talk about vagina dysfunctions because no, they don't. are not supposed to exist you are supposed to have a perfect yeah or just like there's no recognition that like pain could be a sign of something being amiss you know like I feel like with regards to the vulva like pain is just sort of expected yeah yeah which sucks well so tell riddle me this Charlotte uh after you stop going to physical therapy what, how has it, like, are you still engaged in, like, doing, like, self-therapy things? Or are you, have I you seen results? Like, is things. it helpful? Is it? So, like, I mean, it's hard when I'm not, regardless of whether I'm, like, masturbating, like, with anything penetrating me or not mm-hmm. penetrating me or whatever, it's a little bit different because it's me doing it and it's yeah. not someone else. Yeah, wait, because, can I ask a brief yeah. tangent? When you, if you're masturbating, like, penetrating yourself, do you experience pain? Or do you experience the same kind of pain? The same kind of pain, but as, like, it would have to be, like, really slow and really sh- a short amount of time. When you're penetrating when I'm, yourself. Yeah, when I'm doing Got it for it. myself. Interesting. I mean, and that She has full of... control over the situation. Right, right. Of course. <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, <laughs> and I think, and control is a big thing in that. I mean, like, in, you know, physical relationships in general, yeah. but specifically when there's, like, you know, when you have someone who has a pain disorder, like I do, or someone with, like, a sexual assault history, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like you have to consider those elements as part of your sexual relationship yeah. with someone, right? So, totally. like, when I... Uh, uh, entered into a different sexual relationship after my diagnosis and after going through a little bit of physical therapy and whatever. Um, I was like, because the other thing is like, how do you bring this up to someone that you want to pursue a relationship with? Like, is it like a first date scenario when you're like, Hey, nice to meet you. Let's grab coffee. My vagina is not really functional. Like, how do you, (laughs) like, how do you even, or like, how do you like progression wise? Like when you talk about, um, like, I don't know when the normal considered thing is of, like, if you have sex on the third date or the fifth sure, date yeah. or whatever. But, no, like, right. But, like, answer. for someone who, who, like, that's a much bigger deal. Right. It's like, okay, well, I don't want you to take this the wrong way that I don't want to have sex with you. I do want to have sex with you. But there's this whole other thing that we need to discuss and that's really personal. And it's yeah. like, how do you get into that with someone who you don't know very well? Yeah. Or whatever. And I, like... The next guy that I was seeing um, after my diagnosis, uh, we had been, like, hooking up on and off, like, not having sex, but hooking up. Yeah. And, uh, and, at one po- and at one point, he, like, realized that I was, like, a little bit uncomfortable, and he, like, asked me about it, and then I, like, explained it, and I was like, here's the thing. 
like, we can have sex, it's fine, but you are not allowed to laugh at my, like, industrial-sized thing of fucking lube. Like, I have a giant <sighs> tube of lube that's, like, from a gynecologist and is, like, Amazing! I was, like, and he was, like, joking, and he was, like, oh, do we need a safe word? And I was, like, no, but, like, I appreciate that you're trying to, like, right. that you're, like, chill with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which was great, and I was, yeah. like, super pumped about it. Um, but, yeah, it is a situation where it's, like, like I don't have a tinder yeah because I'm like it's not like I'm not I'm never going to be able to be a part of like hookup culture like mm-hmm. that just does not it's not a part of my identity at all because yeah. even if I like and I'm not a hookup person necessarily yeah. in general but even if I was like I would never be the kind of person who would be able to have like casual sex because it would be a huge kind of like emotional hurdle to be like okay <laughs> here's this thing, here's my list, like, this is things that happen. Or also, um, and this is kind of, like, going into a weird thing, but it's hard to convince someone that it's okay that you might not be totally comfortable Uh, during sex. Because that brings up, I mean, you know, it's and it's different for different men because different men have different mindsets about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, that can be perceived as, like, like, if you're a good guy, presumably, or you're right. a good woman or whatever, you're like, well, I don't want to have sex if it's going to be uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Right. Like, how could you – I don't want to do right. that. But then at the same time, it's like I want to, like, make my partner feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable for me, but it's going to be quick and they're going to enjoy themselves, yeah. maybe that's okay as a trade-off if they're going to, like, go down on me for an hour. Mm-hmm. After. You, like, right. how much of that is – not going to make another person person anxious. Yeah. Like, because that can be a really touchy thing to be like, well, I'm not going to be totally having a great time, but I'm not going to be, like, in so much pain that we have to stop. So yeah. is that okay with you? Is that not okay with you? Yeah. And that's such a wild yeah. thing. Like, I mean, especially with, like, rape culture and everything. Like, yeah. how we think about that kind totally. of stuff. Um, and, again, like – blanket statement my experience with bulbodynia has been on the more mild end of it like yeah. there are people because right after i got diagnosed i was looking at all these message boards and like because i didn't know anyone yeah. else with yeah. Yeah. or bulbodynia or anything like that i knew a couple of people with pcos and like one or two people with endometriosis but that was it and it's very different yeah um and so i was on all these message boards because my therapist had suggested like maybe you should just look into what other yeah. people think um and it was really distressing and i had to stop looking right. at them because everyone was like all of these women were like, I can't even sit down for long periods of time. Like, oh I can't wear God. tight pants. Like, I haven't had sex in seven years, and I'm really depressed, and it's a primal... Pl- and because especially yeah. for some people, it's like women in their 40s who have had great sex up until this point, and then it randomly oh happens, God. which I feel a little bit better about myself because I've never experienced yeah. sex that's not been this way. Right. But I can't imagine, like, having great sex, and then mm-hmm. suddenly one day your vulva's like, nah, I'm done, I'm set. And then, like, suddenly this part of your life is something that you can't right. access anymore yeah. without a lot of pain. And so it was a lot of women being like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I'm so depressed and nothing is helping. Like, I have no idea what kind of treatment to get. I have no idea who to turn to. Like, my partner and I are splitting up because I can't satisfy them. Like, it was a whole... And so I was looking at this message board, and I was like, I can't. I need to get out of here. This is just going to drive me insane. (laughs) And so I haven't looked at it because I'm like... It's such an individualized thing for, like, 
how you value sex in your life Mm -hmm. and how your partner values sex and how you view yourself as a woman in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely like specific to different people, but I, that was something that was so frustrating for me. I also like even goes into a broader conversation of, which I think we have, we talk about more, but not enough, which is this idea of there can be different definitions of, like, people can't think of, we don't have another definition except for, like, penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, there are plenty of couples. Yeah. Like, who don't have it. Who don't have it yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Like And it's I- fine, and they're happy, and it's mm-hmm. it's chill. And, I mean, we were talking about this on the anal sex episode. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about how there are plenty of same-sex couples that never have penetrative sex, and yeah. it's chill. Yeah, like, this guy that I was seeing, the second guy that I was seeing after I got diagnosed, like, we had sex, like, maybe twice, penetrative yeah. sex, like, mm-hmm. maybe twice, and then it, from then on, it was, like, strictly oral. Yeah. No, like, which was fine for both of us, and we were both like, okay, chill, great, mm-hmm. we and both enjoy this. Had you, presumably, if you were, like, having sex with this person, you had discussed uh, to some extent. Yeah, we had discussed it, but was, I mean, what's interesting, too, is that, like, most of the time oral is okay yeah but if there's fingers involved yeah then i'm like oh maybe not and so it was kind of like and it definitely is like i'm sure like the more comfortable you get with a person because at first i was like really tense because i was like i like this guy has never touched me but like i don't know how to like react to this like i don't know how i should be acting around i don't know how to make you more like oh it's just like a lot of awkwardness um and like it ended up being like we would just mostly do oral most of the time and yeah. sometimes fingers were fine and sometimes they weren't. Yeah. It just depended on the day. So And did you feel like you yeah. were able to communicate with that person and be like, I can't do this right now? And that that was just like Yeah, but it was chill. also like we weren't in like a solid relationship. Yeah. It was more just like we were hooking up for a su- it was right. like a summer mm-hmm. flame mm-hmm. thing. Which was fine and he was a sweetheart and it was yeah. great and you know, he's a great guy. Um but it was kind of one of those things where I was like damn it like and also then because like both of us kind of moved away and the thing ended Mm -hmm. and I was kind of in my mind like oh fuck like I had a good sexual like a healthy sexual relationship with someone now I have to start so it's just like any time kind of a relationship ends or Mm -hmm. whatever I'm just like oh fuck now I have to like go I'm saying please swear we invite all curse words but now I mean really it's like there's a psychological element to it because it's like when I start a new relationship or if I'm even interested in someone, mm-hmm. my brain, because I also have like some anxiety issues. And so yeah. my brain immediately is like, okay, but how are we going to bring this up to them? Like when is appropriate to bring right. this up? Like, are they going to not want to be with you because of this? Is this like, and then, and for me, it's more of like a, like, oh, I'm just never going to find a partner that I can, that like I can be happy with in this way. Yeah. As opposed to like, it's, it's really coming more from, like, a, oh, they aren't going to like me when they find this out. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to make... Because, obviously, like, you know, if you're a good sexual partner, you want to make the other person right. as happy as possible. Feel good. yeah. Um, and so a lot of it for me was, like, okay, if I can't do this, then how am I going to best, like... Uh, like, my gag reflex is so-so, right? Like, right, so how right. am I going to... Right? But, like, you know, but you think about that stuff, no. right? Like, you're like, oh, I shit. I only give mediocre heads. I know, so right. how like, gonna... I was like, God, my blowjob game is, like, A-minus at best. <laughs> like, I don't even know how I'm Yeah, gonna... I think I'm 
Like, solid B. I'm probably Leather B, minus, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, God, I don't even know. Like, so am I just going to give blowjobs the rest of my life? Like, right. <laughs> right. Like, so you think about, like, but it's something that, like, in another sense, it's really distress, like, not distressing, that's the wrong word. It's really, like, I get really envious of my peers who are like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I brought home this random guy from a bar. We banged it out. It was great. I love it. Like, he was so good. And then he left, and I never saw him again. And I'm like great for you like that yeah. would be way more emotionally stressful for me right. than it would be for you yeah. so it's like not that I even necessarily would want to have that lifestyle but the fact that that's yeah. a physical possibility for other people right. yeah. like is stressful when I'm like oh I'm just gonna not be on a dating app and mm-hmm. pray for the real life miracle like that's <laughs> yeah I'm curious yeah. in like your research have you ever found like people who are like it went away Yeah, so it gets better. Sounds like we only have, like, a general understanding of why this even happens. Yeah, people don't... There's not really a good understanding of why this happens. Um, Aside from people who have, like, PTSD from sexual assault. Yeah. And it's, like, a... It's, like, more a symptom of their PTSD than it is a separate, like, diagnosis. It definitely... There's people who have been, like, oh, this really helped me or this really helped me, but it's so, Mm -hmm. like... People have had vaginal, like, reconstructive surgery in order to fix this if it becomes that big an issue. Uh, But, yeah, like, some people – and then, like, also there's a whole other thing. Like, while I was living in California and I had – like, I was looking into, like, medical cannabis for this because a lot of it with people who live in legalized states – you can do like cannabis lube mm-hmm. and like stuff with like CBD. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Like, which would definitely. Yeah, which have is stuff that's effect. like a specific, um, like stuff that like obviously doesn't get you high, but wow. it's like specifically for like muscle relaxing mm-hmm. and pain management. Yeah. And so there's like, you can buy like tampons that have it in it for that like when sense. you have really bad. Yeah. So like people who have really bad like endometriosis or really bad periods or whatever can mm-hmm. use like tampons that have like stuff it, mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell they put in it but like stuff that makes it easier for you and so there's like now that it's becoming more known mm-hmm. in the world at least a little bit like when yeah. women's health is becoming more at the forefront right. like as it slowly creeps in there there's people who are like hey I have this issue let's learn more about it and figure out solutions yeah um but at this point it's kind of like which it kind of is a like sounds kind of sexist and weird but like if I'm not expecting a penis to be inside me anytime soon like I don't really yeah. want to spend the money on yeah like extensive yeah. therapy and Makes whatever sense. if I'm so if imagine I'm like happy, a muscle just, you would have to be like on right yeah it's way. like you have to do it all the time yeah. until you like either have a breakthrough or like whatever and like some of it you can do yourself and whatever which is great it requires exploration exactly when yeah. I went to the yeah. when I went to the health and wellness center um at the college before I was like officially diagnosed yeah. she was like have you read our body ourselves and I was like oh my god <laughs> um which I but that's the thing too is like I had masturbated as a kid like we yeah. all mixed, oh, yep. we yes, all masturbated we all as children and I had you know whatever and like it was never like a thing and so then when it came up when I started having like penetrative sex I was like oh what the fuck like why and then like you know as relationship progressed it became a question of like oh my god like have I ever had an orgasm like what is that like how is this like and have you you know I was fucking I mean I yeah like masturbating yeah but like not in 
not, not in penetrative sex, yeah. sex with a partner. Yeah. So it's like, which in obviously... In oral sex with a partner? In oral sex with a partner, yeah. But it's yeah. like, and some women just don't have it for penetrative sex yeah. in general, with or without yeah. a pain disorder, which is like, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you mostly, right? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like that thing where, like, when I first got diagnosed, I was like, oh shit, like... Am I, like, because you ultimately, like, end up comparing yourself to other women who you know have had, like, great (laughs) sexual experiences or not so great sexual experiences Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I was, like, oh, God, like, because growing up, right, everyone, Mm -hmm. I would be, like, wait, what does an orgasm feel like? Like, I don't understand that concept. And everyone would just be, like, oh, well, you'll know when you know. I hate that. And I'm, like, I don't know. And I'm, like, you don't know, especially if I'm having pain during sex. Yeah. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to know if I'm having an orgasm? I'm distracted. Like, <laughs> Jesus, I was, like, my vagina feels like a steel trap. I'm not focused on, like, if I'm having an orgasm right. or not. You know, like, important, I mean, I, important, I guess, because people's sexual exploration, like, in college and in high school mm-hmm. and whatever is, like, great for you to get to know your body in a lot yeah. of ways. But then also, if you don't have the tools necessary to, like, mm-hmm. realize that something's wrong, yeah, then you're not ever going to, like know to seek help for it like I can't imagine yeah. like women in like the early 1900s or whatever who like had painful sex and just never got help for it because they just assumed that it was normal yeah. like yeah. which is just so distressing or because... like many women now I, I yeah. honestly like it's really remarkable to me I mean I've heard you tell like certain stories around this pain disorder right. for, for a number of years but like the fact that you went on this, like, enormous journey. I don't know. Does it sound corny to call it that? Like, from the first moment that you started, like, sleeping with your first partner as, what, you maybe were 20 when you started Yeah, I was, like, 19, almost 20. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's, like, remarkable to me that you, like, had sex with that person where, like, this should not feel like this. And then went and figured it out. And then, like, started treating it. That is, Mm -hmm. that blows (laughs) my mind, Charlotte. Really, it does, because I think so many people would just be like, I guess this is normal. Yeah, and then are like, either A, I don't really want to have sex that much, or B, like, this just isn't for me, or C, like, this is what sex is, and I just have to grin and bear it. When I started going into my gynecologist, I was like, I'm broken. Why, like, not like a woe is me thing, but yeah, like a. Like, why the fuck is this happening to me and all my friends can have, like, can sustain healthy sexual mm-hmm. relationships and I have no concept of what that is. Yeah. Um, but also is based around the whole, like, penetrative sex is the only sex that matters right. and whatever, right. which is based around that mindset. But yeah, it was definitely really frustrating because when I, like, talking to my mother about this, oh, yeah. like, yeah. because, and my mother is, like, bless her heart, she's so sweet and caring <laughs> and loving, but she was just so confused She was like, wait, you've never had any pleasure during sex at all? Do you wear tampons? Like, do you do this? Like, what, what happened? Why can't, what? And she was so confused. She was like, I can't believe, and it was really sad, actually, because in a lot of ways, she reacted as though, like, she had done something wrong. She was like, oh my god, why can't my child have this, like, fundamental life Mm -hmm. thing that happens? And then my mom and I went to a sex store in Portland, and it was chill. After having this conversation, because she was like, I wish you would talk to me about this kind of stuff more. And I was like, well, we're passing by a woman-run sex store. Do you want to just go in? <laughs> and it was amazing. And I, and she was like, oh, I guess so. And she was kind of nervous. And then we went in and it was fine. That's beautiful. But yeah, so it's like, how do you approach new relationships? 
because if you're thinking about sex as like a fundamental thing that people do in life like Mm -hmm. do you consider that a disability do you consider that like how much Mm -hmm. of that becomes like part of your identity now it's just kind of like something that I am like figuring out how to deal with as I get older because like eventually I would like to be in a long-term relationship but like Mm -hmm. taking steps to figure out like based on my experience, how is the best way to approach this with someone in the way that makes them feel comfortable and not afraid of having sex with me? Like, yeah. feeling like someone's afraid to touch right. you yeah. is really uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable for that person. Yes. Because I'm like, you can just, if you hurt me accidentally, f- f- you know, shit happens. Yeah. Sorry, because I have this thing. But if you're, like, so afraid to touch me that you yeah. don't even want to, like... Then neither of us is winning. Both of us. Yeah. Yeah, Then neither of us is winning here in that Mm -hmm. scenario. Yeah. So it's just like I feel fortunate in the sense that I've been able to figure it out. Yeah. But also, and like presumably, like it's nice that people can now. But like when you Google Volvidinia, the first thing that comes up is like a heavy metal band. (laughs) What? I literally don't know why. (laughs) A heavy metal band called Volvidinia. I don't know if I appreciate that. I don't think I I do. was like, did you know what... You have to have not known what this is when you named your band. By the way, this is a PSA never to look up the band Volvidinia. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Wet Seat. And thank you, Charlotte. For joining us during your brief like return to town before your next big life adventure down as always we want to thank our lovely editor billy coles and our podcast artwork queen miss rebecca todaro and we must remind you all to check out our patreon page that's where you can donate to us and our cause <laughs> or pick up some merch in the red bubble store yeah we also like you buying stickers we have merch we, we have, have merch, merch. there's <laughs> stickers and tote bags em has one on her computer it's very oh chic everyone can have one you get a sticker you get a sticker everyone R-E-D-B-U-B-B-L-E. gets a sticker b-u-b-b-l-e anyway dot com slash the wet seat podcast what We'll see you next time. And don't forget, stay wet.